I've got a card here, Nat, and it says, Happy six-month anniversary. <gasps> I've got one here too. It says... Oh, that's not for me. That's for my kids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Sites! Hey, hello there. Welcome to Date Fight. It's an auspicious occasion uh, mm. for us because this marks six months of daily podcasts <laughs> tracking down things. I mean, did you ever think that we'd get to this? I'm not sure I really took thought this far ahead at all. Now I look back on the fact that if you've listened to every episode, you have listened to 184 episodes of yeah. us doing this. Absolutely <laughs> catastrophic way to spend your life. Uh, but thank you for being here. Yes, thank and you so much. Uh, it's nice to know that it's all downhill from now on. Um, but thank you. What no, an amazing thing. The second half of the year are much better, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, They're much more jollier. <laughs> don't involve oppression or hatred. We've or got anything. the Anglo Zanzibar War coming up in August. It's going to be great. Oh, that one is an absolute legend. Uh, anyway, thank you for being here. Thank it is so the podcast much. where we take things that occurred on this day in history and all of the last 118... What was it? Four? 184. Yes, if you yeah. include the two, because we did two on April Fool's Day. Good Lord. And we uh, <laughs> pitched them like against each extra other work for with an increasing <laughs> sense of futility. Yeah. Uh, yes, he's Jake Yap. <laughs> wow, keep it going, Sam. it together. Yes. <laughs> Roll out another ropey ten minutes of entertainment uh, <laughs> to be judged by you and by our celebrity judge, Twitter personality, singer, comedian, it's Suze Kepner. Hello, Suze, oh, how are you? thank you. I'm all right. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank I guess. you. How has your Happy life birthday. changed in the last six months? Mm. In the last six months, so that's beginning of November. Yeah, yeah. Um, of November. Uh, I've lived through that awful exit poll on December twelfth. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm just sort of picking up the pieces from there in the last six months, I guess. <laughs> Jake, do you, have you learnt anything from the last six months? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, old peanut flour tastes really bad. Yeah, I can imagine. Old Does peanut the oil flour. separate from the? Mm, it goes sort of rancid. Yeah. Um, it's that's. That's it. That's all I've I've learned in six months. Great. Not not been a not been a particularly productive six months. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. That's. I think Stuff. I've only learned uh, not to agree to things too hastily. That's what I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> or suggest them. <laughs> no, suggest them. Or go. Hey, would that be a good idea? That'll yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> you know the podcast kids. They'll go crazy for that kind of content. But do you know what? I've gained a lot of mm. love. That, uh, oh. Love. You know what I've gained a lot of? What? Wait. <laughs> I'm going to take you... Hey, it's a callback. I'm going to take you to the 5th of May, 1936. And we were talking about European countries drawing lines across other countries. And guess what? We've what? got the big one. It's the League of Nations dropping sanctions on Italy after Italy invaded Addis Ababa. Oh. Yeah. So after the First World War, the Italians were cross because when we'd got together and drawn up all those lines all over things, we hadn't drawn lines that said Italy on them. We'd drawn lines that said France and Britain on the whole. Um, Mussolini said, we went to the table of peace and all that we got were the crumbs or something like that. It's not an exact quote. I'm just guessing. Um, but one of the crumbs they got was Italian Somalia. Somaliland, which was next to British Somaliland and French Somaliland, just to rub it in. It mm. was also next to Ethiopia, or Abyssinia, as it was at the time. And in 1928, um, the Italians and the Ethiopians had a treaty which said, this is where the line between our two countries goes. Uh, it's there. There we go. Um, that's the border. But two years later, the Italians decided to build a fort 130 kilometres across that line into Abyssinia at Wal Wal. Um, 
Some people think that Mussolini did that because he was trying to distract uh, Italians from the Great Depression. Um, no one had jobs or anything, so he's just taking over parts of Abyssinia probably would do to distract people. Um, September 1934, everyone got together and said, no, it's fine, we're not going to have a war. Abyssinia and Italy both said there was going to be no aggression in the near future. They were agreed, everything was fine. Uh, by November that year, a thousand Ethiopians turned up at Well Well at the fort and said, uh, could you go away? Do you mind mm. just leaving? Because this is this bit's our bit, and that bit over there, 130 kilometres that way, that, that's your bit. Um, and the Italians said, no. And <laughs> then there was a bit of fighting. I'm sorry. They said yeah. what? No. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Do no. they all talk like Mario? Or? Yes, we've established this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello, they were Italian. <laughs> Pizza pie, they said, before going to sleep. Uh, <laughs> the, so they, then there were some fighting little skirmishes around Well Well. Um, the British came along to judge the line, uh, and the British observers had a look, asked the Italians to leave. The Italians said no, and the British left. They ran away. They went, nope, nothing to do with us, thank you. Uh, and this was seen as a huge test of the League of Nations, because the League of Nations um, had been set up, obviously, to prevent wars and here were two member nations Abyssinia and Italy uh, who were struggling to get along with each other and in January 1939 uh, January 1935 France gave Italy lots of its things in North Africa saying we don't really want them you can have those as long as you support us against Germany because Germany's looking a bit fruity at the moment <laughs> um, and Italy said yes and then ignored that um yeah. So in spring, uh, Italian troops went all over Abyssinia, really, and the Abyssinians said, what? We said we had a treaty that you said you weren't going to... And they said to the League of Nations, have you seen this? Have you seen what they're doing? And the League of Nations went, "Mm, yeah, that's a... mm." I mean, the the problem is, Italy is in Europe, and you aren't, really. Um, So then uh, Hoare and Laval, who were the French and English foreign ministers, got together and got up with a secret treaty to divide up Abyssinia and give lots of it to Italy. And they did that without telling Abyssinia. And she went, but what? That's not what you're meant to be doing! (laughs) Um, And essentially, the League of Nations looked the other way... Uh, Oh, so the League of Nations brought in sanctions at that point, uh, which didn't make any difference. Of course, America wasn't part of the League of Nations, having it been... It having been Americans' idea that America going, no, we don't want any part of it, they started just selling more stuff to Italy because Italy went, well, there are sanctions. We need to get oil and steel from somewhere. And the Americans went, well, we'll just sell you extra then. Uh, the Canadian ambassador who suggested putting oil and steel in the sanctions uh, was then told off by his prime minister because there were so many people in Quebec who supported Mussolini. Uh, essentially, it was a, a cluster of... Badness and led to that's a band as well, I think. Yeah, <laughs> led to the Italians taking Addis Ababa. At which point, the League of Nations dropped their sanctions and all pretense that they were going to do anything about it because uh, the French were just more worried about Germany and really wanted to keep Italy on side, and the British didn't really care. Oh. So yes, I think the fifth of May, nineteen thirty six, proved that. Uh, a fascist nation you can't trust fascists if they say they definitely won't invade things mm. um, a couple of months earlier of course Hitler had invaded the Rhineland having said he wouldn't do that either so we should have learned really but we didn't <laughs> this oh, time wow. can I just say truth. it's a bit it's a bit racist Nat <clears throat> lumping all fascists together like that <laughs> <laughs> they are people <laughs> Hmm, Do you want to know? Jake. I got um, I I got banned from live streaming on Facebook for thirty days for what? Uh, last oh. week for posting a photo of um, 
there's an Indian ice cream brand called Hitler Ice Cream with right. his face on it. And I posted it on Facebook saying, I, w- I wish I could have a cool, refreshing Hitler ice cream because it was so hot. And oh. Facebook were like, absolutely not. Instant ban from live streaming for 30 days for you. Wow. So, yeah, it's quite exciting. That, that's how they deal with um, fascism. Like a, a, a Hitler ice cream is probably some sort of dog whistle code word for... Yeah. You know, proper Nazi bomb. Thing. <laughs> if only Facebook had been part of the League of Nations in 1935. Yeah, a slightly harder line. Absolutely, yeah. Only. Essentially, Facebook take a harder line on <laughs> Ju- Jewish origin comedians posting Hitler ice cream than the <laughs> than the League of Nations ever did on actual fascists. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you'll join us as we're joined today with Facebook's most notorious fascist, Sue's Kepler. Well, I missed time to swig of tea just then. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some uh, some super World War Two lols mm. uh, with all the fascists and all the business. Uh, so I've got Yay. the fifth of May because we don't normally do, we've no. we've always cried quite shy of uh, World War Two, all of the all of the war stuff yeah. and uh, oh, really? the military history. Stuff. Stuff. Yes, well, we leave who that cares to the who big hills in what kind of tank? <laughs> well, I, yeah, exactly. But this was just. I so mean, some mad people very much I... do. They get very aroused by that. But oh yeah, they did, don't they? yeah, yeah. Whereas almost nothing can reach us now. We're so, <laughs> We're so <laughs> jaded. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, this was just such a mad story, and I didn't know it. And probably everybody, there's probably been like a thousand podcasts about it, but I didn't know it. Fifth of May, 1945, and uh, six people in Oregon are killed by the Japanese. Mm. What? How? Yeah. Well, uh, they they literally uh, got a big balloon and tied a bomb to it. <laughs> right. In fact, oh. they got hundreds and hundreds of them. Yeah. Uh, and they filled them with hydrogen. They had these quite elaborate systems of ballast and uh, releasing the gas and stuff to try and keep them stable. And they realised, they were like, there's this sort of, there's this sort of, uh, this wind that blows sort of towards the States. And uh, mm. it was basically the jet stream. It's just that they hadn't discovered that yet. Mm. But they counted on it kind of working. So they came up with this scheme where they literally tied bombs to big balloons with a three-day timer and set them off from Japan, thinking, hopefully, some of these will land in the mainland states. <laughs> wow, and this is very hopeful. We know, yeah, well, one of them landed oh. on some people. Oh. Uh, right. but it was literally one bomb out of something like a thousand. I mean, you've got to be annoyed by that. Right. Don't you? What are the chances of yeah, a yeah, floating yeah. bomb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unguided was, floating bomb hitting me. Yeah, it was called a Fugo or fire balloon, Ooh. and uh, it was obviously it was very cheap. Mm. Uh, it was quite easy to do, and it's uh, for a long time it was the longest ranged attack uh, in the world in human history hmm. uh, until oh, wow. 1982, when Operation Black Buck was a raid during the Falkland Islands War from the Ascension Islands, which are right by the equator, miles miles over to the Falkland Islands, but. Mm. Um, they were absolutely useless uh, <laughs> as a method of, but of killing sort people. Of the OG missile, yeah, the OG long-range missile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they they made a paper out of mulberry bushes. I mean, it was all very sort of you know. It's got the whole kind of origami, yeah. you know, the kind of. Uh, the the biggest problem was that uh, they got, and I'm quoting Wikipedia here. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is not me, <laughs> emphatically not me. 
nimble-fingered teenaged schoolgirls. Oh, I don't know what that's about. Uh, the biggest women. problem was that uh, they kept eating the glue. Guys, can you not <laughs> eat the glue? Is this the mulberry it, juice glue? It was. It was made out of <laughs> you know con, cognac, mm. the uh, the the root thing that like those you know those zero calorie rice noodle things. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That you can get that stuff. It's in a lot of vegan meat substitutes, and it's really awful. okay. Anyway, they were using that to, to make the glue, and they glue these big uh, sheets of silken. Uh, Paper together, wow. um, but the the the, the nimble fingered girls kept <gasps> eating. That's amazing. The glue. Like, Just scoffing it down. All our bombs gone. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Open your mouth. <laughs> so um, they they had a slightly more effective idea a uh, year before, which was uh, they'd uh, produced enough cowpox viruses to infect the entirety of the United States, mm. but they decided oh. not to. Uh, That's a sort of omring balloons, right? Right. Yeah. Om shame Riccio. That was that. Wow. Well, as we let those facts sink in, I'm going to do the birthdays and the death days. birthday to Eugénie de Montillo, the last Empress of France. She was married to Napoleon III and lived the first part of her life in Biarritz, uh, at a palace her husband had built for her so she wouldn't feel uh, homesick. She could see Spain from Biarritz and feel like she was at home. But after the Franco-Prussian War, when she was left in charge and everyone went to the front, um, she and Napoleon III moved to Kent and then Farnborough in Hampshire, where she's now buried. She lived there until 1920 and the First World War, she donated her steam yacht to Great Britain. So thanks, Eugénie de Montillo. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to Karl Marx, who's famous for some things, but I like to remember him because he encouraged his children to call him Old Nick and Charlie. Happy birthday to Nellie Bly, who went around the world in 72 days, and also that she started her career in response to a column called What girls are good for, which said marriage, essentially. So she started a response under the pseudonym Lonely Orphan Girl. Um, She was soon one of the great crusading journalists. She got herself committed to an asylum at one point for ten days, uh, just so she could report on the conditions inside, after which they had to change the way in which people were held in that asylum. So, well done, Nellie Bly. She was brilliant. Um, happy death day to Clifton Hillegas, who died in 2001 and invented Cliff's Notes. The Cliff's Notes on Clifton Hillegas are invented Cliff's Notes and died in 2001. Happy death day to Bobby Sands, who died while on hunger strike, but was also at the time MP for Fermanagh, um, having beaten the Ulster Unionist uh, candidate whilst he was in prison. Happy death day to Charlotte of Bourbon, who was married to William the Silent, but had been brought up in a convent. Her father didn't want to pay any dowries, so he put her into a convent, which was run by her aunt when she was a baby, and she was brought up there in order to take over the convent. But when she turned 17, she fled from the convent and ran away to marry the first William of Orange, who was William the Silent. So, well done, Charlotte of Bourbon. And that's the birthdays and the death days. Aww. Oh. Sus Campanar. Yes. Mm. It's time for you to weigh in on this mm. day, which is really important to me as our six-month anniversary. <laughs> to me. I want it to be a, a really joyful day. For everyone. I want to remember yeah. it really fondly. Um, okay. All right. Well, I've got two great options. Yeah. On one side, lying fascists. Mm. As opposed to those honest ones like me. Mm. On the other <laughs> side, <laughs> on the other side, I'll I've got. Like it is. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? 
I don't talk about it behind your back. I will say it to your face. Well, just say it behind <laughs> my back. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to go with Jake's balloon, and okay. I'll tell you for why. Yes. Um, it completes the Great Balloon trilogy. Ooh. We've got the Hindenburg. Yeah. And now yeah. we've got the, uh, the 1945 balloon. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, balloon boy the boy who <laughs> they thought was in a balloon and then it turned out he hadn't been in that balloon no. at all um I so now i have a trilogy story do you, do you not know, know balloon oh, boy what date was oh, it oh it was great i think it's about 12 years ago yeah, i'm gonna say 2008 <laughs> uh yeah nice. that sounds right. let's find out balloon boy Oh, off by, 2009. That's not bad. 2009. Okay. Yeah. Normally, I I uh, don't go back far enough with memories. That's he, fascist. Balloon boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another lie from a fascist. <laughs> yeah, I like to enjoy my balloon boy hoax with some Hitler ice cream. And <laughs> <laughs> Twitter didn't ban me, so no. I don't know what that tells us. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the balloon boy was a boy a, a, this guy was like this sort of vaguely eccentric inventor had made a balloon mm. and then they thought his very tiny son who was about three or four had got inside the undercarriage of the balloon and floated away and i think it was like a several hours they couldn't find the boy they thought he was in the balloon mm. they brought the balloon down turned out the boy had never been in the balloon he was asleep in their garage yeah, and then classic. they got outed as it being a big yes, hoax but i've yes. watched a thing about it and they really they, they hadn't told the kid and you hide and pretend that you were in the balloon yeah. he they really did think he got in the balloon there's oh, a lot they? of misunderstandings about because he said he said something weird didn't he like you said we should say this for the program yeah because he'd already they'd already told uh, the story already so they're on like, another thing. Just say we did it on the program yeah that i think he was like oh we said it i can't remember exactly what it is but it's something to do with the kid is talking about another tv program they talked about the story on um but yeah they it doesn't sound like they were making up to get publicity for their balloon <laughs> that the kid had got in it but yeah so now it's i have a balloon, balloon trilogy kill any children you happen to have around <laughs> he could fall out any point maybe over oregon <laughs> <laughs> i'll get another six of those oregonese <laughs> i think it's fair to say that uh Pixar definitely massaged the narrative, didn't they? With that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just so thrilled to have my balloon trilogy finally. You're well, welcome. I'm glad to have contributed in some small part to that. <laughs> so join us tomorrow when we'll find out more. I guess I'll not do the balloon stories then. Join us on the other. Join us on the other side of the anti meridian. Yes, of this podcast. We're on the downhill tomorrow. slide. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, yes. be fun. Join us on Twitter on at date underscore fight or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash date fight or on patreon.com uh, at patreon.com forward slash date fight. Yes, where there's lots of extra bonus awesome mm. fun times. Yes, if you like hearing about battles and wars, that's where we do that stuff. Not just yes. us. It's too and don't forget to follow And don't forget to follow at Sue's UK. Yes. Esther oh Rizzo. yeah, follow me. Yes, <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, follow her. She she's do that. She's she should be a takeout from this, really. Yeah. All right. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.